on this week's episode, Comic-Con is back! We won't say nope to Jordan Peele's latest movie, and what's going on in the world of anime. All some more as we reach our next stop, the PCC Multiverse. Don't be alarmed. The quasi-shimmering light before you is a trans-dimensional gateway to other worlds, other voices, other thoughts, and other realities. Up feels like down, and down feels like the number seven on a Wednesday morning. Don't worry. That quivering, blood-boiling sensation under your eyebrows is all a part of the charm. Welcome to the PCC Multiverse. And we're back with another episode of the P. C. C. Multiverse. This is Gerald Glassford from Pop Culture Cosmos, Game Source, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, and the Lakers Fast Break. We truly appreciate everyone out there listening to all of our great shows. And if you can, please give us a five-star review wherever you get your podcasts. Plus, if you can like, share, subscribe, follow, or do anything that you can to support us right here at the Pop Culture Cosmos, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, Game Source, The Lakers Fast Break, Vampires and Vitae, Wizards and Wine with Wild Beyond the Witchlight, and so much more, including our great games all week long at Pop Culture Cosmos on Facebook. Like our page today so you can get the latest notifications on when we go live with some great tabletop RPG action because we're the number one tabletop RPG streamers on Facebook. We have games going on on the weekend, courtesy of Mitch. Also as well on Monday, with not only one, but two great games from our good friends, Miss Melinda Barkhouse-Ross, and also as well, The Demolition Force with Roger Hamilton, plus all the great games that we cover all week long and all the great things that we cover in pop culture right there at the Pop Culture Cosmos on Facebook. And if you can support all of that, it is sincerely appreciated. But it wouldn't be a PCC multiverse without my good friend who is disappearing in the shadows of her own evil lair. She is the mastermind behind Vampires and Vitae. You got to go ahead and check out what she's doing today at Vampires and Vitae, wherever you get your podcasts or on Pop Culture Cosmos on Facebook. Plus also as well, Wild Beyond the Witchlight, of course, mm-hmm. as a part of the Wizards and Wine continuum. Please go ahead and check it out today. Wizards and Wine, wherever you get your podcasts, and also Pop Culture Cosmos on Facebook. Yes, my good friend. It is Linda Barkhouse Ross in the shadows, in the darkness. I know. <laughs> you know it looks so like a bit of power outage. <laughs> yes, it does look like a power outage indeed, but I'm so glad to have you here, my friend. Well, you said you wanted to show off your lights that you got for Amazon Prime. I'm just just not doing a very good job they just don't look very impressive right now but i promise you they're so cool look at this they're tiny first of all like it fits in my hand okay you there see you that go. and then yes. they're just like that's at five okay. percent brightness okay. anyway i know that's not fun to look at but now that you've I'm- given me and the entire audience out there a headache by going ahead and shining that right into the camera just great to have you a part of our show once again oh it's great to be back I'm sorry for the disheveled look of where I usually sit. I don't want to say that I had a hissy fit, but I might have had a bit of a hissy fit and just decided it was time for a mass reorganization. So we are in the middle of all of that happening. So I apologize. I can't even tell because you blinded me with the light. Yeah, (laughs) it was part of the plan. (laughs) All right. I believe there's a 1970s song somewhere in there, Blinded by the Light. But yes. But it's going to be a great show. We're going to be talking a lot of Comic-Con because day one at Comic-Con has already happened. We're going to be talking about that. Plus, I want to hear Melinda's thoughts on what she's looking forward to this weekend at San Diego Comic-Con as it reopens to the entire world, mostly face-to-face, still wearing masks, still being protective out there. Good for them. Absolutely support it. So we're going to talk about what's gone on and what may go on at San Diego's Comic-Con. That's coming up on the front half of the show. Plus, my good friends, the Monroys, a.k.a. Jamie Monroy and Alex Monroy, will be here on the back half of the show talking the latest stuff that they are talking about that they're fascinated with when it comes to the world of anime. We're going to be talking about all the great things that they're talking about in the world of anime and gaming. That's coming up on the back end of the show. 
and last, but certainly not least, coming up on the back end of the show, we're going to be talking about Jordan Peele, a master of horror movies. He is coming out with his latest, well-received, most likely number one movie in America this weekend in Nope. We're going to be talking about his already great legacy of horror movies and how this movie will continue that. And the return and possibly lifeline that's being thrown out there in regards to Fry's Electronics. Well, at least probably a remembrance of Fry's Electronics. That'll be coming up on the back end of the show as well. But first, my friend, it is San Diego Comic-Con. We are back live at Comic-Con. People are actually going out. They're cosplaying again. They're heading out to all the halls. They're going ahead and checking out all the great meetings and confabs and things that are going on down in San Diego, which is the San Diego Comic-Con, the largest gathering for pop culture products out there. I know a lot of people were asking if it's still important. Is is San Diego Comic-Con still important? Because I know people have talked about the the lessening of importance of E3's impact in the video game industry now that so many other these entities do all these different press conferences on their own and whatnot. But I still feel after what is being showcased and the lineup of you know, meetings and, and the different gatherings and the different panels and the different halls at San Diego Comic-Con, I think Comic-Con is doing better than ever. Yeah, I think so too. And and I think that the need for, and I'm, I'm going to use the word because I include myself in the description of this word, but the need for geeky people to get out and show off the things that they've been working on since COVID started and they haven't been able to show off is huge. So I'm thrilled that it's, it's back. And I think it's always going to remain important as long as these big announcements keep happening at the, at the Comic-Con. But, you know, it's also just a wonderful place for a whole bunch of geeks to get together and just geek out about the things that they love. Absolutely. Couldn't agree with you more on that. But I know you'll be happy when I say this. I know you'll be very happy as many of our troops at Pop Culture Cosmos that love tabletop RPGs were very happy to see the first thing that kicked off with a tremendous display at San Diego Comic-Con and the first trailer to be introduced and the first panel to be introduced at San Diego Comic-Con was Dungeons and Dragons Honor Among Thieves that they dropped the first trailer there this morning and everybody was excited I can tell you right now, I cannot wait for March when the movie finally comes out. I'm happy they'll have enough time to maybe touch up the dragons a little bit better because I think the dragons were kind of not looking awesome. They were kind of looking okay, but I think they still could use some more touching up. So that gives them plenty of time to go ahead and do that. But the concept, the fact that Chris Pine is running around acting like James T. Kirk in a world of Dungeons and Dragons, I think that type of motif works. I don't want a serious at all playing his character because I know he's been doing a lot of serious work lately, especially for stuff that's been dropping on Amazon. I do like the fact that he was channeling his inner James T. Kirk in the trailer. And I think that this this joking, this light, campy feel, I think it fits perfectly. I know it has a lot of star power behind it. I'm really looking forward to what I'm seeing with Dungeons Dragons, Honor Among Thieves. Yeah, I'm glad that you did mention that the the dragons need a little bit of a touch up. I mean, it, they, they're they're in the title, so they better be good, <laughs> right? I mean, yes. there are tables of adventurers around the world, and their goal is to slay a beautiful, wonderful, dangerous, terrifying, threatening dragon. And if that's not how they're represented in the movie. Oh, man, I can see the comments now. Well, the thing is, is because the day before the prequel for the Game of Thrones, that came out and they were dropping dragons there because it's in their title as well, the House right. of the Dragon. Yes. So they're dropping the you know dragons. I think the dragons looked a little bit better than Dungeons and Dragons Honor Among Things. But again, the concept looked like it's a lot of fun. The fact that they were providing a lot of comedy, uh, you know, it's just... A lot of uh, the way they're approaching this, I really like the way they are doing it. I think that this is better than what I saw from the previous Dungeons & Dragons movies, uh, you know, uh, before the the one that came out, what, a couple decades ago. That yeah, one I Jeremy thought Iron? was, 
yeah, with Jeremy Irons, that one was really you know, what was it? Marlon Wayans was in that one, I think. Yeah, I just so yeah, yeah. It just wasn't that good. It didn't hit on all the notes for me. I think this one is going to be a lot better. I guess this group that that Chris Pine has together with Michelle Rodriguez and Roger Jean Page from Bridgerton, Kim being gosh darn good looking. Oh my gosh, it's not fair. Okay, uh, I'll take your word for it on that. But yeah, <laughs> I know that's what my wife says as well. But yeah, yeah. I mean, he's in it. I mean, there's a great cast in it as far as being able to go ahead and get this group together that. I guess uh, steals this artifact for this individual, but they were tricked into doing so because they thought they were doing it for different reasons. And they end up this individual that they gave the artifact to is bent on destroying the world and this evil. And now they got to go ahead and try and stop from the world from being destroyed and, and, you know, save the world type of deal. But I really like the fact that they're, they're doing it that way. I know there was, there's part of me that think that maybe this would have been a great series and it could have based it off like, okay, we're having a game. We're all sitting around a crew, uh, I'm sitting around a table playing the actual game. But for the most part, for let's say most of the episode, we would go inside the realm. We would we'd actually see the events as they were taking place, being described by the DM. I think that approach would have been working too, but I see that as more of a TV series if they ever decide to go down the road. But I think for a two-hour movie, this really works well. Absolutely. And it actually, that's a, it's a, be a really cute idea to do it and uh, have it done kind of in the style of the princess bride, where you know that it is a story that's being told every once in a while, a voiceover would drop in or, or something along uh, those the lines. DM, like, a, like an actual game being, being taken place, yeah. but then you actually, the most of the episode would be based in the reality of the world that you had created. Yeah. Yes. In the, in the imagination so to speak of the yeah, table yeah yeah absolutely agree that would be cool we should do that i'll hit up well i'll hit up hasbro tomorrow and see if they can just send us over 50 million to go ahead and do that yeah. but it is dungeons dragons honor among thieves but there was so much more to talk about i mean there were so many panels today severance one of my favorite shows that's out there talking about what's going on could be coming up in the future for season two didn't really lend too many spoilers in there but i know that they're really excited about starting season two but they really went there and, and had a great time as far as in front of the fans i know a lot of people were talking about the different things that were there i know marvel was there but i know marvel is actually going to do their final big panel h this weekend that's the big one that they do where they announce all the upcoming films and the slate and we'll cover that on the monday show but Abbott, even shows like Abbott Elementary, The Rookie, as far as ABC shows, they were represented there. They were talking about all the good things that were happening. Their Wheel of Time just got renewed for season three yes. before even season two debuts later this year. But they announced that at the Comic-Con panel there. Teen Wolf, the movie, I know that they showed off a trailer for that in, in that Comic-Con panel. I mean, this right now is a great time for people of pop culture to go ahead and look and see what's happening because all this love comes together. Your thoughts on how this great gathering of pop culture really can go ahead and set the bar for the next year to come. Yeah, it really does, especially where geeky and nerdy things are concerned. It, mm. it sets the temperature for the year. I think it has a, a lot of influence over the next things that will trend, the next things that will kind of pop off. You know, in terms of movies and, and TV shows, even animes and, and things like that, I think it, that San Diego Comic-Con exposure is just huge, 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 and, and can't be underestimated, I don't think. No, it cannot at, at all. I mean, a lot of entities were there. Like, for instance, ABC and Disney, they were there even without Marvel really showcasing itself until later in the weekend. They were talking about National Treasure edge of history and they showed a teaser trailer for that and made a big announcement of harvey Keitel returning to his role for that upcoming series that's coming up so that looking forward to that for disney plus as content is always needed on disney plus william shatner appearing in masters of the universe revolution that's going to be coming to netflix as far as that series continuing from kevin smith I even heard that there's a William Shatner documentary in the works that they announced at Comic-Con. So that's not too surprising to me, knowing this is Bill Shatner and, you know, he's lived a fantastic life and it, a lot of it has been on screen. So, yeah, I think it's just really been cool as far as seeing what Paramount's been offering as far as Beavis and Butthead and some of the other things that they've been offering. Jeepers Creepers Reborn, they showed a trailer for that. 
I mean, this is just the start of what we're seeing at Comic-Con. It's really going to come down to a lot of great things as far as what we're going to be seeing on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Heck, even PlayStation was there showcasing off The Last of Us rebuilt the original game, rebuilt from scratch. They showcased what that's going to look like. So, yeah, just a great time to be a, a fan of pop culture. For the last couple of years, it's been a really great time to be a geek, right? Like, you know, the things that we love are now being embraced in popular culture. So you almost can't get away from some of the geekiness. So maybe that's just me living in it. I don't know. But some of the stuff that I'm excited to at least hear about how it went. So I hope there's some kind of article written because I know that they're doing demos And I know the game has been out for a little while, but the Song of Ice and Fire tabletop RPG, they're doing some of the demos and stuff like that with the miniatures and and everything for that game. So I'm excited to hopefully hear a little bit about how that turned out and how that went. And then perhaps there's a Game of Thrones tabletop RPG coming to the pop culture cosmos. Who knows? Absolutely. Would love it. I know that's something that we've talked about. Spelljammer. We've talked about doing that. So many different things that we could do. Returning Mass Effect. Just so many different things that we could do as far as gaming here. But I know also they're talking about there at Comic-Con. But for right now, day one, with all the announcements that you can catch as far as the latest news information at Comic-Con, check us out here at Pop Culture Cosmos on Facebook. But if you've already caught up to date on what's going on with day one at Comic-Con, what are your thoughts about day one at Comic-Con? What are the news? Did you like? Did you like the Dungeons & Dragons Honor Among Thieves trailer? Did you like what you saw already from everything at Comic-Con? Please let us know your thoughts on what's already gone down at Comic-Con. Please let us know today. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. Thanks for checking out the PCC. You know, the Pop Culture Cosmos. We'll be back in one moment. Okay, wait. Wait, I I can go invisible, right? Because this is this is the absolute worst. You can so, certainly try. Okay, so that is um, uh, that's uh, obvination. Ob- ob- <laughs> Close ob- enough. Obvulation? It's obfuscation. Roll your dice. Okay. So I didn't get anything over a five, but you that can. You are still naked. Oh God! The music stops, and everyone is looking directly at you, oh. judging. Oh God! This is. The prince of the city looks very disappointed in you. Okay, this is worse than the dreams that I have about being naked at work. There has to be something that I can do. Vampires in Vitae, a Vampire the Masquerade actual play podcast, season two, to Pop Culture Cosmos. Well, there's so much more to talk about on today's program. Melinda, I just wanted to ask you your thoughts coming up for this weekend because you know there's a big-time matchup. And since I went off the air on the Monday show, I've talked to a lot of people, Ben Arnault and some other individuals out there, about the DC-Marvel matchup this weekend and how important it is because we've talked about the kind of uh, nonsensical direction Marvel's gone with this current phase four doesn't seem to have any cohesion doesn't seem to have any I don't know just does not seem to have that type of je ne sais quoi that they had this time a decade ago where everything seemed to fall into place good movie or bad movie it all seemed to count and all seemed to matter for watching it all take place for that entire decade Right now, I cannot say the same thing about this current Phase 4. A lot of incoherent stuff going on. A lot of things that leave you wondering and questioning yourself why you spent the time in watching the series. Even though most of it's been good, there's still some stuff in question. I know with DC, DC has been the laughing stock for the past few years up until recent times with the Batman, with the Joker, with Aquaman. All finding success. Wonder Woman 2 didn't do that successful when it hit HBO Max, but the previous Wonder Woman found success. And the future could be really bright for DC. A lot of people are really excited about Black Adam, Shazam 2, Flashpoint. Though that's up for debate with Ezra Miller and his status going forward. We'll see what happens there. But this is, to me, a really important weekend for DC and Marvel. Your thoughts on how important this could be for the future of pop culture. Could DC, with a great showing this weekend, take a firm stand ahead of Marvel this weekend? I think it's possible, but I also think that all it's going to take is one big puzzle piece being set down on the table 
for phase four to start making a lot of sense. The, the way that the first three phases did make sense for Marvel. So what I'm trying to say is don't count Marvel out. I feel like something is intentionally being held back. I, I just feel like something big is coming. There's absolutely no reason for me to feel that way. Just speculation, a theory of mine. And yeah, I just feel like they're hanging on to a piece. And as soon as that gets shown, it's going to make a lot of this fourth phase make sense. I've always had a, a soft spot for DC. Uh, I've been a, a big Batman fan for a long time. And I, I've been pulling for DC for a while. And it just was like miss after miss after miss. So I'm hoping with the, the little bit of traction that they have, that they do come out strong during Comic-Con and that they do swing for the fences. It just seems like they've been... I don't want to say like getting the wrong people because I don't think that that's fair, but I, maybe they've been taking themselves too seriously. I know that's a part of the that DC is in, but the ones that have been successful for DC have been the ones that have shown a, a little bit of humor or even levity from time to time with the, you know, exclusion of course of Batman. Yeah, absolutely. So a lot to talk about there in regards to what we could be seeing from both Marvel and DC I think that it's as close as it has been in quite some time as far as the race for the superhero dollar, per se. I think that Marvel has had their way for over a decade now, and it took Marvel to kind of step on their own foot and stumble for them to go ahead and come back to the field, so to speak, in regards to what DC's doing. What DC's doing is is a lot better than what they were doing previously with the Man of Steel, BVS, original Joss Whedon slash Zack Snyder Justice League fiascos that went on. I think that now they're headed into a very good direction. Still kind of a little bit out of place because one one is taking place in the 80s. One is taking place in the 90s. Which one are taking place in modern times? We still have yet to find out exactly which is which. I guess Flashpoint is hopefully going to be the things that is going to be the thing that brings it all together. So I'm curious to see how that lines up. I surely wish it wasn't Ezra Miller doing it because of all the stuff that he's done in the recent times. I really think that they should go ahead and refilm the scenes with Grant Custon and go from there. I really think that would send out a, a really good message, but I think they are going through with it in regards to Ezra Miller, much to my chagrin. I really think that at this point in time, it is close. It is very close. And the future Aquaman 2 Again, Black Adam, you know, and possibly, you know, Henry Cavill, who is rumored to be there, not just talking about The Witcher, he might be there to go ahead and elaborate on his future as Superman at the DC panel. There's a lot at stake for DC, and this could be a point where by the end of Sunday, we're talking about DC more than Marvel. Yeah, absolutely. And you've got to say, uh, well, I guess uh, give props, I guess, it's such a lame term, but to Henry Cavill, who seems to have broken that, uh, you know, old superstition of you played Superman, and that's going to put a kink in your career. It doesn't seem yeah. to have slowed him down at all. No, he's actually gotten more famous and better yeah. for it, especially with what he's done with The Witcher and how he struck gold with that for yeah. Netflix. So I'm definitely eager to see what he has to say, because he's rumored to go ahead and be making an appearance on and discussing more about his future for Superman. And the fact that he wants to return to it after seemingly being on the outs with DC and Warner Brothers on this, they did the change Warner Brothers did with the merger and they brought a lot of executives in and brought of it new ideals. And one of the new ideals, I guess, is to go ahead and reaffirm Superman as a major part of the DC core. So hopefully they can go ahead and, and let us know exactly the future of the Superman character or characters in that realm. So hopefully we'll find out more about that in a bit, but before we head on out and before we head to the break and before we head to my good friends, Alex and Jamie Monroy on the other side, talking anime and what they're hoping for from Comic-Con in regards to anime, your thoughts on what else you'd like to see some of the panels that are going on. What, are, what else would you like to go ahead and check out at Comic-Con this weekend? You know what, purely, and this is like for absolutely selfish reasons, I was just having a, a scroll through the schedule and lineup of stuff that they have going on. Mm -hmm. I would take in every single thing that I could that is talking about script writing, storytelling, being on camera, how to set up cameras, how important lighting is, how to use music effectively, 
like all of that behind the scenes production stuff. There's panels about that through their weekend. And I think that's where I would spend a lot of time if I wasn't shopping on the floor. Okay. Which There's would probably leave you no time. Yeah, I know. Which would probably leave you no time at all. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Grab those yeah. Collectibles. I mean, yeah. And obviously you want to get into those big panels, but my gosh, those lineups to get into those. Poof. It's a lot. Well, I'll tell you what, you go to the panels and you send Robbie out shopping. Tell him to wait in the lines for those collectibles. Because remember, those those they're very those exclusives, those Comic Con exclusives are pretty valuable once they go out in the marketplace. Yeah, absolutely. And just super rad to have as well, to be honest. You got it. You got it, absolutely. Yeah. But for me, it is about the panels. And I mm -hmm. want to hear more about the Lord of the Rings, the Rings of Power. That's coming up on Friday. I want to hear more about what their direction is going forward for that. The Orville New Horizons, a show oh. that a lot of people are worried about as far as the future is concerned. If they, if they weren't at Comic-Con, I would be worried. But right. since they're at Comic-Con, I think that means that Hulu, aka Disney, might have a future for this series. I would assume that the fact that there's, their season's almost over, they wouldn't be there unless they doing a panel unless they were told or inferred that they might have a future going forward. I, get, I could be wrong, but I'm just taking guess out of that as far as why would you go ahead and send a panel down there? But it is the Orville New Horizons, a show that, again, has been a little bit hit or miss either which way. But it is a loving, as you said, a loving tribute to Star Trek. In fact, you know, with this Brandon Braga, who is so much a part of Star Trek, you know, he's he's guiding the show. So with along with Seth MacFarlane that you can't go wrong there. But. Resident Alien got a, got approved for a new season, so they just got a, a new you know they got a renewal for next season, and Resident Alien will be there, so that'll be interesting to see their take on it now that they know that they have another season under their belt. And that but show makes course, me laugh so much. That's such a great show. Yeah, a really good show. Alan Tudyk, really happy for his success in that because it was like the little show that could on Sci-Fi. So many Sci-Fi usually has a short patience or short attention span on shows. They seem to cut them out before they even are able to expand. Oh, the expanse. Oh, need I digress on that one. But I will say that probably those are the panels that I'm looking forward to outside of Marvel and DC, but there's so many great panels that are there. I mean, there's, there's panels that are attributed to some of the things that are going on in the world of Star Trek, the world of Star Wars. There's, you know, obviously tabletop RPGs, video games. There's so many things going on there. Pro wrestling, talking about a whole bunch of FX shows, what we do in the shadows. That's going to be a great panel there. Mayans, Absolutely. even a show like Mayans MC, that's going to be there as far as the panel is concerned. So a lot of people are really looking forward to seeing what is coming up this weekend at Comic-Con. And we'll try to bring it all to you here at Pop Culture Cosmos on Facebook, bringing the latest news, trailers, teasers, info, whatever we can provide here at Pop Culture Cosmos. But I'll tell you what, Melinda, it's so great to have Comic-Con alive well, well, pretty much well, and back again for another year. It just shows that where we're at, we're getting things are looking a little bit on the upswing, and hopefully this will lead to a great year of pop culture because of it. Yeah, it definitely uh, sets the tone to what the next uh, 12 months are going to look like. That's the, truly the power of San Diego Comic-Con. It's uh, immensely absolutely. huge. Yeah, it's so important. I got to go. I know I got to go one of these years. I got to go check it out. I, yeah, <laughs> right? Believe me. That, that's the holy grail for me, going down there, checking things out. I would like to go ahead and do so. So maybe I will go ahead and take the plunge and go ahead and check out San Diego Comic-Con one of these years. But if you are excited for what's upcoming with San Diego Comic-Con. We want to hear your thoughts, popculturecosmos at yahoo.com. But most importantly, DC or Marvel, who do you think is going to reign at the top of the food chain by the end of this weekend? Who do you think people will talk about more by the end of this weekend? Will it be Marvel or will it be DC? For the first time in a long, long time, that question is up for debate on who might come out on top, DC or Marvel. So we definitely want to hear your thoughts. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. Well, coming up next, it is Jamie and Alex Monroy. They're going to be talking some great things about anime and gaming. And then on the back end, nope. It is nope. It is Jordan Peele's latest movie. It's a horror masterpiece once again. Highly beloved. 
and we'll talk about his great success and where Nope got going and the tribute to Fry's Electronics. We'll talk about that on the back end of the show. This is the PCC Multiverse. And if you're ready to talk toys, I haven't stopped talking toys. Let's get to it. It's the Jay and Rob Toy Show, and we're back for season two for 10 more episodes of Toy Talking Goodness. And this time, we talk Marvel figures, we talk DC figures, holy grails, play sets, what if scenarios, and so much more. But we're not alone. We've brought a few friends with us this time. All that, and of course, our action figure spotlight. So check out the Jay and Rob Toy Show season two exclusively on Jinx Esports TV Canada. All right, we're back with more from the Pop Culture Cosmos. It's Jiro Glassford coming right back at you here. Thank you so much for watching and listening. So much to talk about in the anime world and also gaming as well. And here today to talk about everything that they love in regards to anime and gaming. Our two great guests indeed. This is my longtime good friend. He is the mastermind behind Degenerate 2018 on Twitch. It is Mr. Jamie Monroy, you can call him Koopa Degen. Great to have you here, my friend. And speaking of Monroy, it's always great to have one Monroy. It's even better to have two. Alex Monroy, Atomic Monkey, is here as well. Thank you so much to both of you for stopping by. Alex, I'm going to start with you first. Thanks again for joining us. Question I have for you first, the topic that you first wanted to discuss, you and your dad. The season finale of Spy X Family. That season is done and over with. What are your Sorry. thoughts? I mean, please let um, me know your thoughts. I really thought that Spy X Family had a very strong start to it. It almost immediately blew up in the anime community. I hope that carries on throughout these next few seasons. Well, I know it was a big part of anime expo 2022 i know a lot of people were talking about it there in los angeles so i know a lot of people were looking forward to seeing what the future holds for spy x family i know jamie do you have any thoughts on that as well because again spy x family looks to be one of the hot new anime properties out there but your thoughts on spy x family is it something that's going to replace stalwarts like my hero academia and more I mean, you definitely have your mainstream, like you were, you had mentioned a few, One Punch Man, you know, you have all Demon your Slayer. staples. And then this was kind of one of those under-the-radar sleeper ones for, I think, a lot of people. Me, myself, didn't think much of it at first, and then got into it, and wow, great. I'm so glad that it's going to go further. Maybe, you know, somebody will get their pistol with a silencer. I, I don't know. <laughs> Well, absolutely. Looking forward to seeing what's the next step for Spikes Family. Atomic Monkey, Alex, I wanted to ask you real quick on Chainsaw Man Part 2. I know is at the top of your discussion list, so I know a lot of people were talking about that on social media. Is that something that you think can really translate to a larger audience? Because I know people are talking about Spikes Family, but how about Chainsaw Man? I know I some tr- people get turned off just by the name. But if you actually watch it, it's something really special indeed. Yeah, I truly do think this anime is, or the manga is going to go places because at AX, they just announced that they were going to do an anime adaptation with no censoring to it at all. And I'm really excited to see how that all plays out and like who the voices will be and stuff. Absolutely. I'm excited to see what could be in store for Chainsaw Man Part 2, as we see and evolve what's more in the Chainsaw Man saga. I know that, Jamie, you wanted to talk about My Hero Academy Chapter 31 in the seemingly ongoing adventure for My Hero Academia. Uh, My Hero Academia is something that I think has been a part of the anime culture for so long. I think, uh, I mean, people almost take it for granted because it seems to go on and on and on and on and on. But we talked about Spy X Family and all the attention that it's gotten. We talk about Demon Slayer, and I think right now, even though we don't know the, what is going to go on with Demon Slayer, we know that when it comes back, it'll be most the most talked about anime property that's out there. Where does My Hero Academia stand, especially with the fact that One Punch Man, we're going to see that translate into a live adaptation. The anime itself is winding down as far as that anime is concerned. But what's your thoughts on the continuing success of My Hero Academia? 
Well, you know, it's it's superheroes. Superheroes are always going to be the end thing. Everybody wants to be a hero. Everybody wants to see that heroes struggle. You know, they got to come from nothing to gain everything and the struggle along the way. And that's always going to be a thing. Everybody loves that. How many times has Spider-Man been redone? And we've seen that same struggle, but we still go back for more, right? Yes. And it's going to be that same thing with my hero. It's that same struggle that everybody goes back for. And it's what keeps me chomping at the bit, you know, to see these, these characters' inner struggles on top of the struggles that are outside on the surface. Of course. Absolutely. Very good points indeed. Any thoughts on My Hero Academia? I mean, again, it, it, with Alex, it's a long-standing anime that's been around seemingly forever, a major part of the anime scene. But as I said before, I think at this point in time in its age, it's starting to be taken for granted. It's still there, still gets the crowd. But so many new mangas, so many new animes that are around the corner that people seem to be more fascinated about. Is there still room in the future for My Hero Academia? Yes, I do believe so. I mean, in about a month or so, I believe, is when we're getting season six, Mm -hmm. which is going to be covering one of the most massive arcs in the manga, which I think will also bring even more attention to the anime. Mm -hmm. And I think it's just going to boost My Hero Academia's popularity even more and bring it to more places. Well, let's hope so. But I think that's another one that could be considered for a live-action adaptation. I know with the lack of success for Cowboy Bebop, maybe properties are being talked about. I know One Piece is already underway as far as a live-action adaptation. I know a lot of people are talking about Akira. That has been long-standing for a while now as far as off, on, off, on, off, on, as far as it becoming a live-action adaptation. I mean, that's been an in-and-out-of-production and in and out of different directors now for quite some time. I think that My Hero Academia, if it continues its success, probably will go that route, but we'll see. Again, with the lack of success from Cowboy Bebop on Netflix, these streaming outlets or these these different Hollywood studios may be a little bit apprehensive to go ahead and, and try to continue on with these live-action adaptations, but I think One Piece is going to be the key. If One Piece is not a success, then I think that they probably will start to stay away. But if not, My Hero Academia could see a future there. Jamie, I know you guys want to talk about your thoughts on Vampire in the Garden. I mean, Vampire in the Garden is something that's garnered a little bit out there. I know anything relating to vampires. Of course, our good friend Melinda Barkhouse-Ross, the host on Friday, she is infatuated with anything vampires out there. But your thoughts on Yep, your thoughts on Vampire in the Garden, my friend. I was excited. Again, vampires, I'm in. If it's Blade, if it, anything, vampires, I'm in. Oh, except for Sparkle Sparkle, okay? We won't go there. Okay. I, I wasn't a humongous Twilight person. Mm-hmm. But, you know, vampires is the whole the lore, the whole just mystique of it. Mm-hmm. I've always been a huge fan of. So Vampire in the Garden caught my eye. Mm-hmm. started watching it. Binged a bit you here and there and I was impressed very impressed it was one of those that I probably sat on and didn't even think twice about and then wished I wouldn't have (laughs) true I can agree with that yeah absolutely and let please go ahead share your thoughts on it what is the allure for you when it concerns vampire in the garden Honestly, at first, I wasn't expecting much out of the anime, so I agree with Zijun when uh, he said he was kind of just pushing it off for a while. But when you really get into watching it, it has much of a more in-depth story, and you learn so much about the characters. And there, I feel like there's parts that we still don't even fully know. Mm-hmm. I agree. I agree. There's, I'm sure there's still more to come when it concerns Vampire in the Garden. I think they're going to go ahead and relate even a better storyline going forward. Once again, I'm with Koopa Degen, Degenerate 2018, aka Jamie Monroy on Twitch, along with Alex Monroy, Atomic Monkey on Twitch as well. Two eyes for the monkey on that one. Before we head on out, my friends, and I got a major question for you in regards to what you might be seeing in the anime world coming up this week at Comic Con. I want to go ahead and hear some thoughts on new Fortnite 
Marvel comic that just dropped. Your thoughts on the Fortnite Marvel get together in a comic form? Is this something that I think people are going to latch on to? Is it a little bit late in the Fortnite cycle? Let me know your thoughts on Fortnite and Marvel getting together for a new comic book. Not surprising at all in the least, but I think it's just a, maybe no. a year or two late. Too late. Definitely not surprising. Yeah, maybe a little late, but if you actually look at a lot of the things going on with the comic books right now, there's a ton of collabs. So you have Godzilla and a Power Rangers collaboration right now that's going on. You have previously before in the past, what was it, a year or two ago, it was the Batman Ninja Turtle crossover. So, you know, all these crossovers have been going on. They're just, they're still a big thing. I was actually shocked when I saw the Godzilla Power Ranger crossover. I was like, well, interesting. Okay. That's a very unique crossover, in my opinion. It fits, though. Yeah. You know, I could totally see a thing where they have, like, you know, Green Ranger play the sword and somehow, you know, Mecha Godzilla is under his control or something. I don't know. I haven't read it. I don't know. I just thought that would be a weird thing to see. But the whole Fortnite Marvel crossover, because of the crossover with the zero point right now, I think, yes, I do agree with you. It's a few years too late as far as crossovers with the comics go. But, but I do think the whole zero point aspect is a good route right now because Madness in the Multiverse, playing around with multiverses and zero points and, you know, all this is still really hot right now. So they're latching on to what Marvel's doing. Yes, hot indeed. Alex, uh, I know, again, we talked about the Fortnite Marvel mashup as far as in that form of a comic book. Again, I think it's a little bit too late. You're still going to get popularity just because it says the word Fortnite on it. So I'm not going to dispute that. But when Fortnite was super sizzling hot and ruling the entire world, I think that was the best time to go ahead and drop that. But any last thoughts before we hit the fall, guys? And my final question for you guys on Comic-Con before we head on out? Not really. I do agree that it's probably a couple of years too late. They could have possibly done it when they were doing like their second collaboration with Marvel or yeah. something like that. Absolutely. Couldn't agree with you more. Epic Games was looking to facilitate out and microtransaction that, that sucker out as much as they could to not only for anybody playing, but also any way they could go ahead and put it on lunchboxes, put it on backpacks, put it on every single kind of item. Yeah, okay. clothing, every single kind of item back then two years ago when it was you know, Halloween costumes, everything. Bone so cases, yeah, exactly. yeah, to see that it's now finally going into a Marvel comic a little bit late in the cycle. But yes, it still should actually earn some decent sales. But the last thing I want to cover, I'll start with you, Alex, on this before we head on out and talk about Comic-Con before we do, is Fall Guys going free to play. And I, your thoughts on that, because really this is a, could be a major game changer. A lot of games are now going free to play. This is something that I think is going to be a big windfall for the folks that create Fall Guys. Could this be something that really garners it even more success? I think so, because the game was very popular. It blew up almost instantly when it first came out. Mm -hmm. And I think because it kind of died down a while after that, but I feel like this is going to bring more popularity back to the game and it's going to suck people back into the game. Jamie, I mean, any thoughts on Fall Guys? It already has seen a Yeah, it, it's definitely seen a tremendous amount of success already as a pay game. Now I should see it even hit to higher levels because it's free to play, correct? Absolutely. I mean, I played it at first when it first came out and kind of died out for me, you know, a step back. I'm not the greatest at it at all, but it's fun to play, you know, get a little frustrated at it, have a little rage at it. Yeah. But <laughs> it's fun. It's free, and I think it only has anywhere to go but up, you know, just like anything else. The microtransactions are what's going to make or break it and keep it going. Mm -hmm. And obviously that hasn't been a problem with it in the past up to this point. Mm -hmm. So it's only going to be, you know, beneficial going forward. Absolutely. So great thoughts there. Once again, it's Koopa Degen, Mr. Degenerate 2018, a.k.a. Jamie Monroy. Got to go ahead and check him out, Degenerate 2018 on Twitch. Also as well, Alex Monroy, Atomic Monkey, two eyes on the end of that, Atomic Monkey on Twitch as well. Before we head on out, again, I want to throw in a question of mine to you before we head on out, and that is with Comic-Con around the corner. 
Comic-Con is the major place for all things pop culture over that four-day span. So many panels, so many things introduced, so many things talked about, trailers galore, obviously DC versus Marvel, all that good stuff. But the thing I want to ask when it concerns you two as our anime experts is where does anime fit in? I understand that Anime Expo 2022 just happened a couple weeks ago in Los Angeles, but the biggest imprint for the anime industry needs to be at Comic-Con. So you two are more in the know on what's hitting at San Diego Comic-Con in regards to anime. What are you looking forward to, first off, Jamie, at Comic-Con when it concerns anime? And what do you think needs to be there at Comic-Con? for anime as well. I think what needs to be there is a lot of answers for people of what's to come on the horizon for a lot of the big things that they're looking to answers for, you know, uh-huh. Demon Slayer, things like that, that they want to chomp at the bit at some stuff, you know, throw them a little, a little taste, you know, like they do. But I know what you're saying. A lot of it with Comic-Con is going to be the whole Marvel versus DC thing. And it's going to, and even with that, it's not even going to be their comics. It's going to be more so their cinematic universes going head to head. It's the old E3 thing. What I'd always talked to you about over the years is that E3, I understand everybody is not in love with E3, but the fact is that E3 at its best is the best place for the general media and general consumer at large mm-hmm. to consume your product in, yeah. in regards to the gaming world there. But with the San Diego Comic-Con, it is the best place for the general media at large and general consumer to consume your product in pop culture. So Absolutely. it is imperative that I think the anime world's there. In fact, if you and I and Alex were running an anime company, and we had an anime product we wanted to debut. With all due respect to everybody that worked so hard at Anime Expo 2022, if you gave me the choice, I'm picking Comic-Con each and every time. Hands down. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, That's, just, it's the crowd, the yeah. environment. You have it all right there for the taking. And the news that resonates from it is bigger than what you can get from Anime Expo. Absolutely. But I honestly think that Marvel needs to drop something as far as where they're going as far as their little forte into anime. You know, they got the mangas out with Deadpool, a lot of references there with My Hero. So I'm kind of anxious to see if they're going to kind of drop anything as far as where they're going to go with that in the future. I'm definitely looking forward to seeing that. But yes, hopefully there'll be some good representation of anime IPs at comic-con alex before we head on out any thoughts on the anime industry at comic-con what do you think it needs to represent while you're there in order to go ahead and make the anime industry proud at comic-con i do hope that we get more announcements on upcoming animes or even upcoming mangas coming out soon but it's truly only time will tell what we will get from comic-con Absolutely. I couldn't agree with you more. Great thoughts from both of you, but it's shameless plug time. You know, before I head on out, I got to go ahead and make sure that my guests, and especially one of my cohorts in crime that has dealt with me for all these years, over a decade going strong, has to shamelessly plug his great place of operations every time out. But before we do, Alex, I give you first dibs, shameless plug time. What do people need to know about when it concerns Alex Monroy, a.k.a. Atomic Monkey? Thank you. I'm starting to do cosplay, and I've grown a platform on TikTok as Adam Monkey. Mm -hmm. And then I've started posting more on Instagram of my cosplays and some of just my daily life with it. And I'm getting back into schedule on Twitch streaming. Okay, fair enough. But before we head on out, shameless plug time for you as well. Where can people find your great work as well? Shameless plug time. Well, of course, find me over on Twitch. Look for Degenerate 2018, or you can actually look for Koopa Degen as well. You'll find me either way over on Twitch. I'm getting back into the streaming thing as well. Been going strong last couple weeks here, trying to get a few in here and there, trying to get back on a schedule for that as well. Just about 600 followers looking to get up there and Keep going up and growing and see who we can meet out there. Once again, it's Degenerate2018 on Twitch. 
Cooper Dijen, a.k.a. Jamie Monroy, Alex Monroy, Atomic Monkey, also as well, Adam Monkey on Instagram. Yes. Is that correct? All right. I can keep things straight. But Alex, Jamie, just truly great to have you again here on the show. Looking forward to when you both can come back on. That's always up to you. The red carpet's open. You know it is. So I'm just counting on you two to be here when you want to. Man, I'll tell you what, I'm just truly happy to have you again. Part of what we're doing here, always with the updates on anime, right here at the Pop Culture Cosmos. If you're in the Las Vegas and Henderson areas and are looking to buy, sell, or trade the best in classic or current video games and pop culture collectibles, there's no better place to go than Retro City Games. From Xbox to PlayStation, Nintendo to Atari, the great crew at Retro City Games provides the best place to go for all your gaming options. Stop by their two awesome locations in Henderson and also the Las Vegas Strip, or follow Retro City Games on Facebook and Instagram for all the latest deals and new items. Without a doubt, there's no better place to go for your gaming needs than your friends at Retro City Games. And we're back with the show. It's the PCC Multiverse. It's Melinda Barkhouse Ross and me, Gerald Glassford from the Pop Culture Cosmos. Thanks so much again to Degenerate 2018, Jamie Monroy and Alex Monroy for stopping by on the program, Atomic Monkey. Check them out today, both of them, Degenerate 2018 and Atomic Monkey on Twitch. Before we head on out, my friend, it is shameless plug time. What are you up to with Vampires and Vitae? And of course, Wild Beyond the Witchlight with Wizard why okay so let's start with vampires and vitae we have been on the cusp on the razor's edge even of exposing a major secret about helen one of our characters at the table while i don't know for absolute sure i'm almost sure that we're probably going to tell the truth about what's going on with helen i think it's going to be in the cards it depends on the player at the table, of course, because we can't force anything. But just the way the last couple of episodes have gone have led me to go, huh, something's coming to light here. So that's exciting. For Wizards and Wine, this coming Monday night, we are back to the Las Vegas table. So they are getting ready to wrap up their experience in the Pixie Kingdom with the Pixie Underground Fighting Ring which I never thought was a sentence that I would say, but that's the beauty of Dungeons and Dragons, right? After the Pixie Kingdom, we'll find out if they can catch up to the ladies back in Halifax because the ladies in Halifax officially have gone on to the second chapter of the story. Ooh. I know. I also want to give a big shout out to our friends at Retro City Games who opened up their brand new store, 213 North Stephanie, letter H. Go check out the grand opening video that I did at Retro City Games on opening night. That's available right now for you to check out Retro City Games on Facebook. But before we head on out, my friend, it is nope. 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 <laughs> Love that title. It is Jordan Peele's latest horror movie, Nope. It is hitting the theaters this weekend. It is expected to do right around 70 to $80 million in the box office. He has already created two horror masterpieces, especially Get Out and Us. Get Out is a true masterpiece as far as storytelling is concerned. Absolutely love that film. Just a truly fantastic film indeed, horror or otherwise. Really got to go ahead and, and give him the props on that. He did not want to be called the greatest horror director of all time. I guess somebody gave him a shout out on that on <laughs> social media. He said, no, he, he can't take that John Carpenter slander because he prefers John Carpenter to be considered as far as the greatest of all time. And where you consider him or Alfred Hitchcock or John Carpenter. I mean, I really think that his work is outstanding. This movie is being praised. It's got almost 90% on Rotten Tomatoes. Another beloved film from Jordan Peele. And the best part about it, as far as the, the creepiness of what's going on with this UFO that can really do some damage to people and all the scariness and horror that's in there, is the fact that Fry's Electronics, rest in peace, Yes, is probably in its last featured thing. Just think if this movie came out 10 years ago, what this could right. have done for Fry's Electronics, but... Fry's Electronics in its last performance, per se, is an integral part of this movie. Your thoughts on Nope before we head on out? 
everything that I'm reading and my favorite headline, I think is probably from Variety. Let Mm -hmm. me just read to you what it says. Nope. First reactions are a resounding yep. (laughs) And they're calling it Jordan Peele's most ambitious film yet. So, well, horror is certainly not my thing. I do adore some Kiki Palmer. I know she's in the movie. She is Um, earning raves. Stephen Young. Uh, yeah, Daniel Kaluuya, they're all earning raves, but Kiki Palmer is earning the huge raves for it as far as, you can even see in the trailers the kind of emotion she's bringing. Even when she's not saying anything, she's bringing such a, a vibrant emotion to all, all of her performances. Yeah, I mean, this may be a horror movie that I try to watch because I love <laughs> Kiki Palmer. And well, please don't make fun of me for this, but the, the one of the series. Yes, you would. One of my, <laughs> one of the one of the movies that kind of turned me off of horror movies, and I don't even know that you would qualify it as a horror movie. The fourth kind. It's really terrifying. I was afraid of white owls for the longest time because of that movie, and it has stayed with me for years after I watched it. So that's what I'm overcoming to try to sit down and watch Miss Kiki Palmer in this movie i'm gonna do my best to sit down and watch it and i'll let you know how it goes not to be confused with close encounters of the third kind directed by steven spielberg with richard dreyfus yes this is the fourth kind yeah this was of the fourth kind mila jovovich thank you resident evil she was in close encounters of the fourth kind she played the psychologist now that doesn't surprise me because she has a very storied career although she's made a ton of cash from the resident evil movies so yeah no one's gonna ever argue with that but It is, again, Nope, which is really, truly going to go ahead and I think be another horror classic brought to you from one of the finest, I won't say the best horror director that's out there because he gets mad when you say that, but one of the best horror directors that's out there in Jordan Peele. I hope you get a chance to go ahead and check it out. It is, once again, Nope. It is hitting theaters this weekend. It's supposed to do right around between $70 and $80 million in the U.S. It is Nope. It's going to go ahead and most likely be the number one movie in U.S. theaters this weekend. Around the world, it may even do well there, too. So we'll go ahead and report how well it does on the Monday show. But I'll tell you what, if you can go ahead and let us know about your thoughts on Nope, please let us know. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. Well, my friend, it's been a great episode talking Comic-Con and Nope, but Nope, we're not going to go out until we hear some thoughts for you. So. Any last thoughts before we head on out? Really enjoying the new season of What We Do in the Shadows. I watched the third episode last night. And, They're coming uh, to Comic-Con. I know, I know. You're right. You know what? I'll I'll split the cost of gas with you. We should just go next year. Fair enough. We, okay. Like, not even get tickets. We'll just go. We'll just see what happens. We'll see if we can talk our way inside. What do you think? Yeah, we'll crash Comic-Con. We'll see what we can do about that. Sounds good. <laughs> they won't even let us in San Diego. <laughs> yeah, probably not. But we'll see if we can try, nonetheless. But it is Comic-Con. Please, for the latest news and information, check out our Pop Culture Cosmos Facebook page. I'll be having a running listing right there in the news feed of all the latest news and information that you need to know about emanating from Comic-Con. And believe me, it's worth your time because you will find out exactly what's going on in the next year of pop culture right there at Pop Culture Cosmos on Facebook. Plus, we're going to have a ton of great videos coming up from the world of tabletop RPG action. We've got, again, Wizards and Wine. We've got Vampires and Vitae, Demolition Force, the great games that are run by our good friend Mitch on the weekend. In fact, he might even be doing something on Friday night, if I heard of rumors correct. So check it out today and check it out this week at Pop Culture Cosmos on Facebook. So for Melinda Barkhouse-Ross... This is Gerald Glassford. It's another beautiful day in paradise right here in the PCC multiverse. We thank you for listening. And here's hoping you have yourself a great.
You're listening to a Weeby Geeks Network podcast. Tangent Bound Network. Let your voice be heard. TangentBoundNetwork.com. Thanks so much for downloading the Pop Culture Cosmos and stay tuned as more great podcasts are on the way. Thanks again for listening to us here at the Pop Culture Cosmos.